Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Rome Business Radio. I am Roger Manus, and this is the Hardy Realty Show. We are broadcasting from the Hardy Realty Studios, and we work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. Thank you so much for joining us. And our special representative from Hardy Realty today, uh, co-hosting with me, is Brooke Brinson. How are you, Brooke? I'm great. I hope you are. (laughs) All is well. So thanks for taking part this morning, Brooke. Our our guest is Emma Wells from Keep Rome and Floyd Beautiful. Hi, Emma. How are you? I am great. I'm enjoying this beautiful day, so happy to be on. And how, how, Brooke, what is your connection with Emma and Keep Rome Floyd Beautiful? Well, I'm on the board of uh, the uh, Litter and Blight Task Force and have gotten involved with Keep Rome Floyd Beautiful in that respect. And uh, I've always wanted to uh, help our community stay clean and, and, you know, try to pick up litter because it just, uh, Rome is a beautiful place. And if we let it get away from us, uh, it might not be. <laughs> Wait, what is, so what, what does this task force do, Emma? Uh, the Blight and Litter Task Force was established in twenty late 2019 or maybe early 2019. It feels like 2020 was just such a blur because <laughs> of COVID and everything. But uh, the Blight and Litter Task Force is kind of spearheaded by Allison Waters and Wright Bagby, um, Floyd County Commissioners, just to address some of the different issues that our community has. So and bringing in different stakeholders. So Brooke represents obviously our local realtors. We have a school teacher on the board, some local business owners. So basically just bringing these people together to kind of create an environment where we can discuss like uh, one of the big things that the task force kind of addressed early on was our code enforcement structure, um, which is operated kind of jointly with the county's uh, code enforcement officers, but also the building inspection slash code enforcement office. Um, So they kind of tried to revamp that to make it a little bit more efficient. And so I think the task force is just kind of an independent group that is doing their part to, to see what new ways we can address the same problems that we've always had as it pertains to litter and blighted properties. So. Yeah. Brooke, I guess as a, as a real estate agent, does this kind of also get back to the community and quality of life? Um, keeping every keep, keeping the community beautiful is a part of the quality of life for all of us, and ultimately real estate values. But I know we're, we're really not here to talk about that. But is that is that part of it as well? Just the culture of the community in general is enhanced. Absolutely. You know, I I just uh, I feel like it, it's uh, something that everybody needs to jump in and grab hold of. And uh, you know, I love this. I'm born and raised here, and I love this town, and I want to make sure we we keep it beautiful. Yeah, we were talking before the podcast. There's a whole bunch of Brinsons around town. There's a whole bunch of Manuses too, uh, but we weren't we weren't holding each other accountable for <laughs> the good or bad <laughs> from our kin. Emma, are there any Wellses running around? No, all my family's <laughs> up in LJ, but it's the same thing. When I first moved to Rome, I was like, Rome is a big town. Nobody knows me. I'm like, can do whatever I want. And then I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> just like LJ. Everybody knows everybody and everybody's related. So I, I left one to come to another, but yeah, none of my family for the most part is over here, but it's the same thing. Just a couple towns over. Well, these podcasts live on the internet forever, so they may be listening in at some point. So uh, <laughs> it's just a couple of towns over. Uh, it, specifically, like what are some of the programs? I, I think I, I visited your website and there's an adopt a mile thing. Is that is that where businesses or families can kind of 
take care of a little part of Rome themselves, a little personal pride. Yeah, and Brooke actually um, has kind of spearheaded that program. That was something that I presented to my board and then also presented to the Blight and Litter Task Force. And they have just ran with it. Um, different committee members have like encouraged their family and friends. Uh, Hardy Realty actually adopted Riverside Parkway, which is just out from my office. Um, and so we asked businesses to clean up two to three times a year. Um, we provide all the supplies that they need for that. So grabbers, gloves, vests, bags, all that jazz. And they also get two road signs, one at the start and one at the end of their mile. But it's just a great way. I think it gives that business good publicity, but it also people really start to pay attention to litter. It's like when you've never noticed it before, it's not really an issue to you. It's just like you just drive by and drive by. But as soon as you have to go out and pick it up, you really, you know, take take notice of it and it starts to make you mad. And when it starts to make you mad, then you want to do something about it. And I think Brooke, he really led the charge at Hardy Realty to to get their team involved um, in starting that program for for their office. So it's, we've we've seen a ton of success from it. We started mid 2019 and I think we're up to we have almost 25 miles adopted so it, it's pretty impressive. And it's a great program for us because we can kind of send people out. They don't necessarily need supervision. And it gives them a sense of pride and involvement in that area. And usually it's, you know, either an area that their business is located near or an area where they live near. So it provides a great opportunity for them as well. So it's been a pretty successful program so far. Uh, Brooke, Hardy does so much in the community already, you know, behind the leadership of Jimmy Byers. What what specifically attracted you to this? And and have you able, been able to get colleagues to rally around you and, and go help pick up trash with you there on Riverside? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I'll tell you what really got me involved. And I have been talking to Wright Bagby about it for years. We're in Rotary. Uh, we're Rotarians together. And, um, I've been telling him, you know, we got to do something about the litter. And um, he said, we're, we're working on that. We're working on that. I kept pounding him. Finally, he said, now's the time. We're forming a litter and blight task force. And then, um, you know, when I, so and then when uh, they asked me to do it, of course, I, I said yes. But mainly when I show property and I'm taking people, I take perspective uh uh, physicians around town or, or people that are considering moving to Rome. And if we see litter around, you know, it doesn't bode well for the community, clearly. But um, that's why I wanted to get involved because I just feel like uh, there's room for improvement there. Well, it's interesting. I, I, I want to believe the best in people, and I just want to believe that litter is accidental. It blows out of an open window of your car while you're driving down the road or out of a, the bed of a pickup truck. It just it breaks my heart to believe to believe that people will still throw stuff out of their window, um, but that's that's just a horrible fact, isn't it? That's probably what you find as you're cleaning up the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just too like it's just even if you're not intentionally throwing it out, the fact that you didn't secure it in the back of your truck bed, you know what's going to happen. Um, so I think it's just negligence. It, that results in intentionality. Like you may say like, well, it's not, but you know, it's going to blow out the back of your truck. So. <laughs> right. Um, what else, what else uh, other programs, Emma, at Keep Rome Floyd Beautiful, but we just, we've talked about Adopt a Mile. What else do you guys do? It, it It's a lot. We do. Yeah, we do so much. We really try to provide another thing that we do for businesses that may not want to adopt a mile. 
We also do one-time cleanup opportunities. We did a really big, a couple years ago, a really big two-day event with Pirelli Tire, um, trying to clean up their, uh, basically just their road um, as you're out in the county. So we do one-time cleanups if you're like, maybe adopt a mile is too big of a commitment. Um, so we do one-time cleanups for all kinds of different groups, businesses, youth groups, um, just so many different groups. We've also done tree plantings and we just did this past Saturday, we primed a wall for a mural with a group of students. So we're, we're kind of all over doing all kinds of different things, but we really do try to provide service opportunities that are right for each individual group. So I think that's a big thing is we've kind of come out of the COVID season. A lot of people don't necessarily want to do cleanups with a bunch of people that they don't know, uh, but we provide cleanup opportunities where you can be with a group of people that you're already surrounded with and we can provide you the tools necessary to do that. So if you don't want to pick up trash, we can find something else for you to do because I can tell you that there's trees that need to be mulched or trees that need to be planted or flowers that can be installed or there's a lot that we can do to beautify beautify our community um, and we can kind of make it fit for whatever group. Like for instance, we're not going to put a group of kids on a road without sidewalks. We, we wouldn't want to do that because we're not going to try to get them ran over. So we try to tailor every service opportunity to that group. So if you have a business and we also do lunch and learn. So if you want to, if you want me to come talk, I've talked at Rotary several times. Um, but just providing that education is also a major service that we can provide because we can talk about recycling, litter prevention, all that jazz. Brooke, talk to me a little bit about the, uh, this always embarrasses Jimmy Byers, but just the the, the culture at Hardy. Um, you guys got a lot of agents. You're very high profile in the community, but yet there's also this this dedication to community um, that kind of trickles down from the top. Could, and, and obviously, your involvement in this and in other areas of of the life uh, quality of life in Rome. Just talk to me about the culture inside there. Well, um, I was on this group that uh, we we were kind of a leadership team several years ago and it talked about what can we do to, to help us give, give back into the community more and, and, and in our certain passions that each of us have. And so we've just tried to build that um, for the last 10 years or so uh, by getting involved in all uh, aspects of, you know, our personal interests as well as uh, community interests. Um, And, so we just try to do that on a, uh, you know, we, we visit it regularly in our sales meetings. We talk about what we're doing, uh, who's on what board and, and how we, how we can give back to the community. And, you know, our fearless leader, Jimmy is an amazing, amazing broker. I can't, uh, tell enough positive things about him. He's always wanting to give back to the community and, and it shows. Mm-hmm. Emma, when it, you're, this is this is not a you guys aren't aren't charity funded you guys are tell me explain your funding to me we are funded we're a joint department of the city and the county so we pretty much get most of our funding uh from from the city the county pays part of our budget though, but i'm a city employee technically okay but. so what what frustrations and headaches do you run into from that perspective, being, you know, not being uh, where, you, where you can't really go out and solicit big corporate donations. You're more about you need people to help serve. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is the the 
great thing. We don't do a lot of things that requires tons of money. Granted, we could do we could do more if we had more money, but we require people. We need we need help from people. Um, and I think that's one one of the reasons our Adopt Mouth program is successful. It is a two hundred and fifty dollar donation, which if you're a family, we understand that that's like you know a big chunk of change. But that doesn't come back into our budget. That just pays for the signs. So pretty much anything that we are asking for money, we're just covering our costs. We're not um, putting that back into our budget so that we can, you know, do anything crazy. Um, But it is nice to not, I will say, I'm thankful that my job doesn't depend on me fundraising. I didn't want to do sales. So I'm thankful that I don't have to, to sell my organization on that standpoint. But it can be frustrating just when uh, I think sometimes people want to pay for for services like ours because they want to the prestige of like we hired this company to like provide service opportunities for us. And I'm like, we'll do it for free. Like we, we will. We'll do it for free. Like we'll give you trash bags. We'll give you whatever you need. Like we just need your help. Um, so I think that can be fr- frustrating just because we, we just need the people, we need the help and the people who want to do it and people who understand and get it. It's so encouraging when people call me and they're like, just thank you. You're doing so. And I'm like, thank you so much for calling me just because I think some people just don't understand what it takes, um, to keep our community clean. It's a big job and it's not even just me. It takes so many volunteer groups, you know, city, county, public works. Um, it's a big job. And I think a lot of people want to complain and they don't want to want to take part. So I think that's our biggest frustration. It's not so much funding, but just the people who don't want to do anything to help. Gotcha. Brooke, um, talk to him a little bit about when you're out there picking up the trash, what are, what are you shocked by? <laughs> By the amount of cigarette butts. Yeah. I mean, good grief. Really? And, you know, um, I'm really shocked by just the, the the volume of trash, really. Depends on where you are, what you see. You know, I've done river cleanups where you see tires, of course, and and um, toilet tanks uh, and um, bed mattresses and things like that. But then when you're on the side of the road, you see whole bags of trash that clearly somebody threw out of their car um, and hoped it would get behind the guardrail. And, you know, um, just this, the, um, you just know these people are throwing it out and that's, that's very frustrating. And I know it's a mindset and I know that's what uh, it's taught and, and it's learned and, but it just, um, it's just shocking to me. There are trash cans and dumpsters everywhere. Right. Everywhere. Right. Oh my goodness. What uh Emma, is there a particular part of town that that needs the most focus or is this just kind of a all over anytime? It really has become an all over anytime, unfortunately, just because I think a lot of people think that they're not gonna get caught or they, you know. We did a great cleanup in October on Callier Springs Road. We had like 20 county employees that volunteered their time. It was fantastic. Like we picked up like, I don't know, like 600 pounds of trash. And like two weeks later, it's littered again. So it really is just different areas. Like we do our best to clean them up. Um, but then it's just right back to to where where we started. And I think 
at some point we're going to have to have some enforcement just because a cleanup can only do so much. And I think we want to, we're very excited. We're like, it looks great. But then the same people who littered it are going to litter it again, um, unfortunately. But I mean, there are good things though. What uh, Brooke was saying about the cigarette butts, we recently got a grant from Keep America Beautiful um, to put cigarette butt receptacles behind Broad Street in the area where you can smoke. Um, and we actually, since December, we've been tracking it. We've collected uh, 1,351 cigarette butts. So that's great for us because we can track, that's like 1,300 cigarette butts that are not on our streets or in our rivers. Um, and I know that number because I have personally counted them all, which is a great task, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but there, you know, there is hope. I think there. It, there are opportunities for us to put out different messages and still on that cigarette butt thing, we're having a cleanup on March 20th to kind of also give out free pocket ashtrays to smokers where we're doing everything that we can to, I think people don't think about cigarette butts as litter because they're not large, but that's actually the number one most littered item in America. So it's a pretty big problem. And those Small plastics do not do great things for the fish in our rivers. I never would have thought of cigarette, but I don't smoke, um, but I know people do. And I, I guess hopefully that's gone down over the years as well. But um, now that we've learned more about the dangers of cancer and all that stuff, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, you just think about people flick their butts or they mm-hmm. throw them on the ground and stomp them out. Um, never would have thought that. One of the things you mentioned earlier, uh, it's not just about litter pickup and, and hopefully this is raising awareness, not just that you need volunteers to come help pick up trash, but it's maybe enlightening people. Oh, yeah, if I leave that McDonald's bag in the bed of my pickup truck, it's going to blow out at some point. So mm-hmm. so hopefully even if they're not volunteering and they're listening to this podcast, but touch on some of the beautification initiatives as well. You, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but you guys also do flowers and trees and painting and things like that. So let's go down that road if we can. Yeah, we actually just celebrated our 31st year as a Tree City USA. So that's a big thing that we do. We had our Arbor Day celebration on the 19th of February. It was a great event. We planted 12 trees in Tolbert Park within the Somerville Park community. So that was really fun. We've also, the county is doing another National Arbor Day celebration of tree planting. They planted, I think, 17 trees in Etowah Park, um, and we're going to be doing kind of an event for that um, in April. So we're really excited to have those kind of programs. We have a great focus on trees in our community. Everybody loves the trees on Broad Street. Um, Terry Page was our city arborist, and he recently retired, but he's done a great job with that. Um, We also have a public art committee for the city, and that initially started, you know, some of the sculptures downtown, like the Dancing Flower, the Chiaha, um, I don't know what you call it, monument. Um, those all were di- installed downtown in 2015-ish. So we've recently, I really love murals and the power that murals have to bring tourism. Um, so I have a great student. We've done, she has painted things as simple as like manhole covers along Kingfisher Trail. So I think anything can be art, anything that's, you know, ugly. And we've talked about covering our uh, traffic boxes, you know, the big, ugly metal things next to the uh, 
traffic lights. I think eventually we'll hopefully see some art on those, but we're really trying to just beautify the community in any way that we can uh, using volunteers, using, you know, artists. And so I think there's a lot of potential for that. Um, and then we're also, our last kind of big beautification thing is we are a B-City USA. So one of our initiatives of that program is to install pollinator plots in our community. And those are beautiful wildflower plots. Hopefully they'll be blooming in the next couple of weeks. But basically those areas, we buy the seed for it, but those areas are unmowed um, plots where bees and other pollinators can kind of flourish and, you know, not have to deal with the grass being cut all the time and that kind of monoculture environment. Um, but it's really cool. Commu- like community members love all the flowers and love to take pictures in front of the fields, but it also saves money for parks and rec because that space that was previously unusable because it was too rocky or low lying or nobody's like, running around playing sports in it. Now they're not having to mow that area, you know, every week. So that saves them time and money too. So it's kind of a great partnership um, and a great, you know, beautification tool as well. Yeah. I was going to ask, since you're technically in government, what, what other agencies do you bounce up against most of the time? I was going to ask, is it parks and rec or is it, is it a little bit of everything? (laughs) It's a little bit of everything. I couldn't do my job without the people at, you know, public works for the city and the county. I work pretty closely with Chris Jenkins and Michael Steen. I work a lot with city solid waste um, and just so many departments. We work with parks and rec um, just because since I am a one woman team, unfortunately, I wish I had like a staff of 10. That would be fantastic. But um, I really depend on other departments to kind of help me out. Like the street department, for instance, planted the trees for Arbor Day. And I just call them and I'm like, hey, we got trees coming in. When can you guys plant them? So um, it's a great partnership. But I think that's great for us because it kind of reduces the workload. Like I don't need a team of 10 people because I can rely on those other departments. And that's that's a wonderful thing. And I think it's great for the city and the county because it's the best use of, of time and resources. Well, plus you've got Brooke. Yeah. <laughs> He's like a 10-man team on his own. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> does, does she get it done, Brooke? Absolutely. I'm, I'm actually been impressed. I was telling uh, my wife this morning about how exciting it is to see all of Emma's posts. And um, I always try to make sure I post, uh, you know, new opportunities to help the community uh, on my Facebook page and and uh, and get it get, you know, spread the word further. Well, you mentioned one of the things I like to ask, because at our core, we're a we're a business podcast. So uh, if you'll indulge me here a little bit, um, you know, what's your what's your professional background? Uh, I've joked with other people before. Sometimes people get into high school and college and they know what they want to do. And that's their career for the next 50 years. Some people change careers 12 times. Uh, but what what's your background? Well, um, I started as a as a cook, really. I was uh, I was in Athens. I was not in school, and I was taking some time off. And I started working in a restaurant and um, started cooking. And I've always enjoyed cooking, so um, I, I thought I was going to go down that road and maybe go to culinary school, but I ended up not. Uh, my mother was a realtor, and uh, when my parents divorced, we moved to Florida for a couple years, and she was a realtor. And I kind of got interested in real estate at that time, but didn't really know whether I should do it or not. And then when my wife and I got married, uh, I was like, 
I, I'm either going to culinary school or I'm going to get my real estate license. And uh, so I just decided to get my real estate license and I've been doing it ever since, which is in, uh, I started in 2000 and I was in Athens for four years. And then I moved back here in uh, 2004 and, and uh, have been working at Hardy Realty almost ever since. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, and, and being a real estate agent, not only do you, you obviously know all over the town and Northwest Georgia properties and all that, but um, that further connects you to the community. I would imagine you're constantly crossing paths with bankers and, you know, uh, uh, government people like Emma, things like that. Are you not? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. If I wasn't uh, visible and meeting all kind of different people, I wouldn't be uh, in real estate for very long. That's for sure. And uh, Emma, I know I've asked you this before, but what's your background? How did you end up in a place where you're trying to help keep Rome and Floyd beautiful? Yeah, I went to Barry. Um, I'm from LJ originally, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, but um, went to Barry, loved it, thought I was going to go to dental school. And then my senior year, I didn't get in, uh, I didn't get into dental school. And I also realized I probably didn't want to go to school for that much longer and also accrue that much more debt. Um, and so I took a field botany class my senior year of college uh, with Dr. Martin Cipollini. And I just loved it. I loved being outside. I loved learning different things every day. Um, and so after I graduated, I was like, I gotta, I have gotta get a job. Like I can't just <laughs> live off my parents for forever. Um, and so about three months after I graduated college, I took a job in Seabrook Island, South Carolina, which is right off the coast of Charleston. And just teaching at an environmental education center for a year. Cause I was like, if I hate it, at least I lived at the beach for the for a year, and I'm never going to regret that. Um, and I thought I didn't want to teach because my mom retired after 32 years of teaching, and my sister is currently a teacher. And I was like, I'm, I've heard there, like, I'm not teaching. No, no way. Um, and so I moved to, to Charleston, and I loved it. I love working with kids. I love teaching. I love being outside. So that was only a nine- uh, month program. And so I was like, well, I still had friends in Rome. So I um, found the eco center online. I lived in Rome for four years when I was at Barry and never knew this building was here. And Ben Winkleman emailed me back almost immediately, which I tell people like was a sign because he never responds quickly to anything. Um, and so I <laughs> He doesn't. He'll tell you that himself. Um, but kind of just fell into place. I started here in June of 2017, worked for the Eco Center for a year. And then Mary Harden Thornton, um, my predecessor, she took a different job. And so I applied for it. I was ready for a, a different challenge. And a new challenge is what I got. So, <laughs> But I, I love it. So I've been in this role since October of 2018. So it still has not quit challenge challenging me. So it's been, it's been great though. So you, you literally went from wanting to keep teeth beautiful yes, <laughs> to, to keep Roman Floyd beautiful. And, I know it always, it ties back together. And you were, you're on, you're, you're on, you're on Barry campus, which is beautiful. So yes. you got to know what the standard is. I know. And Seabrook Island was very beautiful. So I'm all about the beauty apparently, but well, yeah, I, I'm kind of just wound up here, but I definitely love getting to, to know people and getting to do something different every day. Today, I'm, I'm about to go ride around and do the litter index, uh, look for some trash in our community. So I'm super pumped about that. Um, but it's just something new every day. And it's always cool to to talk to people and 
to see their ideas for how we can do better. Um, I, I always love to, to hear about that just because I know that I don't have, you know, 60 years of experience living in this community. Um, so I'm thankful to, to hear the ideas of those who, who do. So it's, it's a fun, fun job. Well, as, as we wrap up here, any, any uh, upcoming events that uh, people can get involved in other, you know, there's obviously general sign up to help volunteer or things, but like any tree planting, um, any event where people can, can come and check things out. Yeah, we have so many. I encourage you to look on our website at keeprumfloydbeautiful.org. Um, we've got three coming up in the month of March. We have a free tarp day on March 13th, then our drive at home Rome event on the 19th, as well as our kick butts cleanup on the 20th. And then we've got a whole slew of activities in April, especially as we approach Earth Week. Um, we're going to be doing some really cool things during that. So I encourage you to look on our website. We are always adding new events. We're always working with different groups to, to do a cleanup. And sometimes that is planned two months in advance. And sometimes it's planned a week in advance. And either way, it's great. But um, our website and Facebook page is a great way uh, to keep involved with that. Or you can always call us at 706-236-4456 or email me at ewells at realmga.us to find out what's going on. Okay. And one more time, the website and Facebook. Our Facebook is just at Keep Rome Fluid Beautiful. And our website is www.keeprumfluidbeautiful.org. All righty. And Brooke, um, I know we've been talking Keep Rome Floyd Beautiful. So thank you for support, you know, your support of that organization. But if somebody wants to buy or sell a house, how can they get a hold of you? <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, uh, you can go to my website, brookebrinson.com, or uh, give me a buzz here at Hardy Realty, or uh, my cell phone is 706 409 3838. See, we're still going to talk a little business. And Emma, it has just dawned on me as we wrap up here. Uh, you know, I, I tend to digress sometimes on this, the conversations of this show is into pop culture. You now, it, you remind me of the character Leslie Nope on the TV show Parks and Rec. I try to be Leslie Nope every day. I watched that <laughs> for the first time, like when I first took this job and I was like, this is my life. This is my life. And I watched the whole season and I was like, this is my life. And Ben Winkleman is so Ron Swanson, y'all. <laughs> if you haven't watched Parks and Rec, it was on several years ago. It's now streaming somewhere, but you're a brunette version of Leslie. I would encourage people not to watch the first season because in the first season, Leslie Nope is a little bit dingy. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And, but then Keep they make, going with it and then you'll understand the reference. Yeah, they, I, they make her, they make her an incredibly competent, hardworking enthusiastic government employee who just loves her community. So you were, you were Rome, Georgia's Leslie. No, <laughs> thank you so much. I will take that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's a great show. Uh, so anyway, thank you so much, both of you. This was fun. I appreciate it. Brooke. Thank you. Emma. Thank you. Um, you have been listening to the Hardy Realty podcast, the Hardy Realty show on Rome business radio. We are broadcasting from the Hardy Realty Studios, and we work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. I'm Roger Manus with Rome Business Radio. Thank you so much for listening.